Well, good morning, everybody. Morning. And a big good morning to everybody in Mullaloo and down in the city. Can we give them a big clap wherever you're at? Just welcome one another. If you're in the city, Mullaloo, give a clap. Let's welcome each other. It is, uh, it is great to be together. If we haven't met, uh, my name's Dean. I'm part of the team at True North. And it's fantastic to have you here today, uh, wherever you're at, if you're online. It's just great to be together. And, and one of the reasons we're doing some things together right now is because, in fact, let me hear you say the word together, together. You know, we're doing these things together right now because we believe uh, that God is up to some things in our church. Uh, if you're not, you know, normally a person who goes to church, if you're new to this, uh, you know, we believe God is alive, he's active, and we believe there's things he's doing in our little tribe here at True North, and we want to be a part of that. We're in a series right now, it's called uh, The Pursuit of God, and The Pursuit of God is all about how we create space in our lives to really pursue his presence, wanting to connect with the God who is alive and wants to be at work in your life and in mine. And so today we're going to keep going uh, in our series. And, uh, and, and I, I don't know if, uh, if you're this kind of person. Uh, is anybody out there who enjoys like a good morning performance drink of some kind? Like you like to drink something in the morning that you feel like is going to help you have a better day. Now, I like coffee. That's like a standard uh, I feel like that just gets you the, but I'm always up for like, if there's sort of this new thing uh, that you could get on that I'm like, all I got to do is drink this in the morning. It's going to make my life better. You know, I got onto celery juice a little while back. I'd read about celery juice. It was like, if you drink celery juice every morning, uh, you'll be, you know, just everything will go well in your life. The amount of benefits of it were just off the charts. I just become great looking and huge and ripped. I'd never need to work out. It was just like, I just was so excited for celery juice. And so I was making celery juice and drinking it. I don't know if you've ever had celery. Who's had celery juice? Just straight, pure. Oh, quite a few, actually. Yeah, it's not that good, is it? Have you ever had? It's, it's not really that good. There's a reason you have people going, oh, should I get the orange juice or the celery juice? There's a reason. But uh, after a while, I kind of found, you know, this is a bit too cumbersome. Plus, I was having to stop and buy a new thing of celery, like, every day on the way home. Uh, but uh, I've got something for you today. I got something for you. Now, it's not exactly a drink, but if, if you imagine it as a drink, this is the thing. If you will take this particular drink, this little elixir, uh, it will uh, have incredible benefits in your life. It is something that is study after study has actually shown. And, and I want to ask you, if I could give you a drink that you knew would be guaranteed to improve health outcomes in your life that you knew would be guaranteed to lower your risk of anxiety, depression. If you knew that by drinking this, you would be uh, positioning yourself to more likely have healthy relationships in your life. And on top of all of that, you will actually increase, uh, by a range of studies, your performance in your job, in your workplace, or virtually any goal that you are pursuing. If I told you I could give you a drink, all you got to do is have this thing every day. And all of those things will happen. Would you want it? Yeah. Of course. We all would, right? And here's the thing. It's not a drink. But study after study will show that the actual habit and practice of Thanksgiving will do all of those things. I was reading an article in Psychology Today. Today's Thanksgiving Sunday. I was reading an article in Psychology Today. I just tend to browse it. No, just kidding. I don't, I, I don't often, but I went looking in it. Anyway, I read an article. It was summarizing 
just a multitude of studies that have been done on the benefits of thankfulness in your life. And it was amazing just to read. That's the reality. Just by becoming a more thankful person, you can literally change the direction of your life. More positive outcomes. And now, here's the thing. If you're a follower of Jesus, uh, this is not news to us. You know, today we talked about, today is Thanksgiving Sunday. We know that God wants for us to live lives where we are thankful. We recognize that we have a, a God, a creator to be thankful to. But here's the reality. It's not only is it something true in the scriptures, every research thing out there. If you're not a person of faith, you know what? Today's a great day to be here because even if you don't believe any of it, there is no getting around the fact that this will make a difference in your life. But what I want to suggest to us, to the tribe at True North, is that if we are a people who are serious about wanting to pursue the presence of God, one of the absolute critical pathways in our day is to be a people of thankful hearts. We've been in this series and talking about the framework of prayer, a simple framework that moves us from adoration of God to confession. Adoration gets our eyes onto God. Confession allows us to make room and space in our life to receive from God. And Thanksgiving today we're going to see is part of this pathway into the presence of God. And perhaps never been an era where it's more needed than the one that we live in. And here's why. We're going to have a look at this uh, this morning. Now, can I just ask you, if you're in the room at Meroah, I don't know what the volume's like elsewhere. Am I loud? It's okay? Okay, it's just in my head. My head's going, you're like really loud today. All right. But that's probably just need some more celery juice, I think. I didn't have my celery juice today. And so, anyway, all right. So, today, we've been looking at uh, these different temptations of Jesus. And what you see in Matthew chapter 4, where the devil, the enemy of our souls, comes and tempts Jesus. This is, the, this is the enemy's way of trying to deter Jesus from the purpose from which he came. And what we know about these temptations, we're told in Hebrews, Jesus was tempted in every way that we are. So he can empathize with us. And so what we see about this, though we are not Jesus and have different purposes God has for our lives, we likewise face the same temptations. And so we're going to try and learn from this about one of these common ways the enemy will tempt you and I as well. Matthew chapter 4, verse 8 says this. It says, again, the devil took him, took Jesus to a very high mountain. He showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their splendor. All this I will give you, he said, if you will bow down and worship me. And Jesus said to him, away from me, Satan, adversary, away from me, for it is written, worship the Lord your God and serve him only. And then the devil left him and the angels came and attended him. Now this temptation is the enemy trying to come to Jesus and say, you know what, if you will just submit to me, you'll bow to me, you'll do things my way, I'll give you all the kingdoms of the world. And Jesus is going to say, you, and Jesus doesn't say, no, you couldn't do that. There's a certain level at which the, the enemy has the, the right at this point because Jesus has actually come into the world at this point to redeem and rescue the world from under his authority. But Je and the enemy offers it all to him, and it's almost like he's saying, look, you can just, you can have it all. It could all be yours now. Jesus knows in another sense it is all his. It's all his. But... The enemy almost wants to tempt him to say, you could have all this right now. You could avoid the cross you came to go to. 
He's offering him almost a short circuit to the process. He's saying you can have all of it. All of this could be yours now. Now, this temptation, we sometimes forget. These are genuine temptations. Jesus, in one sense, if he wasn't, though he was never going to give in, this was something being placed before him that was there to tempt him from his actual purpose. But the way he is able to respond and say no, it's it's because he goes, nope. It is written, God's word tells me, worship him and serve him only. I am here only to to bring glory and honor to my father. And I will not be led into this temptation to just kind of have it all now. Now, what I want to suggest to you is that while Jesus, again, purpose was unique, you may be going, look, I've never been tempted to become the ruler of all the kingdoms of this world. You might be going, like, I can't can't even keep my room clean, you know, (laughs) like, Rule like all the kids. That is not a temptation. There's a lot of things I was tempted with this week, Dean, but I was never tempted uh, to do something so that I could have. Here's the thing. All of us face this common temptation. While Jesus was offered in a quite unique way here, all the kingdoms of the world, we are all, we all have, if you don't know this, the scriptures tell us we are all made with a certain sense of dominion. It's actually how we are created to to have authority over a space. Now, again, you're, you're the area of this world by which you kind of have some authority. It may be as small as like a room in your parents' house, you know, the basement of your parents' house, classically, it might be the only space that's yours in this world, but there is a space, it's just sometimes the circle around your feet where you have authority, or you've got a home, or maybe you own the whole home, or maybe you, you know, you've got space in, in your work or a business, and that's your space, but here's what we all face the temptation for, is the temptation for what we're going to call more now. We live in the era of the temptation of have more now. What the enemy says to Jesus, you just have it all. You can have all the kingdoms right here, right now. Can I tell you something? We are constantly tempted and almost drawn off of God's purposes for our lives for the pursuit of more. You know, we're talking about the pursuit of God. Can I tell you one of the greatest uh, deterrents, temptations that will keep you from pursuing God will be the pursuit of more. More what? More everything. <laughs> More everything. We live in the world, but there's no limit to seemingly some of the things that we can have in our lives. Uh, there is, you know, how, we're in a 21 days of prayer and fasting, and, and some people are diving in on that, and the digital fast in particular. You know, one of the reasons that, that we, we did that, and, and, and some people still do food or other things like that, but there is no end to the more that our digital world offers us at times. You know, I've, 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 you know, disconnected from most digital things. One of the things I was chatting with somebody just this morning, you know what's unique in my life? I don't know anything about what's happening in the world. Only what someone accidentally says to me, you know? Like, it's amazing, but I'm so used to a world where I could just have more, more access, more knowledge. I could learn everything about anything. You know, there's, do you know a few years ago what I, what I got for my birthday, my 40th birthday, I was very excited to get. Some of you may have one as well. Maybe some of you have had one for a while. But I got it new to me, which was a record player. Who's got a record player? Who enjoys a record? You know why I got a record player? Because at some point I kind of went, okay, what do I want to listen to today? 
uh, I can choose from every song that's ever been written on planet Earth. <laughs> what genre, maybe? I don't know. I could listen to anything. I could, you could get into anything you want. One of my favorite bands for a while was a Celtic punk band. You know, have you ever listened to Celtic punk music? It's good. It's been a while. There's some good stuff. But anyway, like, well, where's this stuff even? There, the world is so far. There, there comes this point. Yesterday, we were cleaning out a room. We had to make room for a, a baby. And when I say make room, I mean, like, we have to find a room in the house. <laughs> put this baby. So we've kind of contemplated the whole shepherd stable anyway. But um, if, we, if worse comes to worse, you know. But we're cleaning out the house, and I came across a couple boxes of DVDs and CDs. How about that? You know, those old relics, you know, so we're going to make another room a museum. And so, <laughs> look, this is, you know, that, that, these things. But here's the thing. I used to, like, as I look in the box, I'm like, wow, at some point I chose, you know, this movie or this CD. And at some point in my life, I used to be limited to, if I said, I want to listen to some music right now, I am limited to this. And once the CD's over, I can flip it over and I can put the other side on. But that's just, that's it. Once you listen, you can't do that with a CD. Anyway, but that's, that's cassettes. There wasn't, there actually weren't any of those. And I really wanted some cassettes. But anyway, you know, we used to live lives with limits. You want to watch a movie? You know what you can pick from? Maybe it was down at a, a, the rental store. Remember those old friends? Or maybe what you've got in your collection that you might even have had stacked out so when people came over, you can say, look at the movies I've got, you know? Now you want to watch something? Go ahead, choose from every movie made ever. And we wonder why we get so sucked into technology. It's just, it's bottomless. It's limitless. The pursuit of more. And this is just a metaphor for what the world we live in is like. More. When's it enough? Have you ever read the stats on how much the average square meter size of a home in Australia has grown in the last 50 years? I've read it. I don't remember it. But it's a lot. (laughs) Here's my point. Like, we haven't, humans haven't really gotten bigger, have we? There's just something in us that always thinks more, more. You know, it's just a little bit more. And all these things. And Jesus says, you got to worship the Lord your God only. Serve him only. At some point, you have to choose, what do you bow your knee to? What do you submit to? Anyone who's like doing a digital fast, anybody who kind of went for less time on a mobile phone, and if you've never done this, I encourage you to do it. Decide that you're not going to get on your phone for a period of time and watch how frequently you reach for the thing. Why? Because we're just so used to more, more, more. Now, all this is not to... Make us feel bad. All this is to make us feel alert and say, do we recognize that we will live in a time and an era of history? One of the greatest temptations is the temptation for more, the pursuit of more, the unending. How much is enough? How big's the house got to be? How much, how many zeros on the salary? How, how, how many, how many different, you know, streaming subscriptions? More, more. That's our temptation, people. And we end up. Instead of pursuing the presence of God in our lives, we just, what's it going to take to get a little bit more? There, you know, the, the simple reality is, and this is why we're going to talk about this today. Jesus says, you know, 
Life is about worshiping God and serving him only. Make him the thing that we serve. That we say, God, what is your way? Now, here, now we as, if you're a person of faith here today, uh, this is not a like, news flash we should be thankful. This is not a news flash that, right, we shouldn't get sucked into the endless pursuit of more. The challenge is how do we resist this one? Because we just get pulled into it sometimes without even realizing it. Now, what I know is God's will for us. We, we're supposed to worship God and serve him only. We're supposed to go his way. Now, all of us have unique ways God's at work in our lives. But here's what I know is common to each and every one of us, that God's desire for us, one of the pathways that takes us into his presence, that moves us from instead of just pursuing more, that moves us to pursuing God, is the pathway of giving thanks. I'm going to suggest to you today that if you will make the choice and decision, because to give thanks is always a decision, you will position yourself to pursue more of God in your life. In fact, I'm going to guarantee you will see more of God in your life. I want to read you a verse from 1 Thessalonians. Chapter 5, verse 16 to 18 says this. And I love these verses because it's real simple and it says, this is God's will for you. So if you're like, what does God want for my life? What's he looking for from him? What's his will? I love this, these couple of verses here. It says, rejoice always. Pray continually. Give thanks. Let me hear you wherever you are. Let me hear you say, give thanks. Give thanks. When? In all circumstances. For this, this is God's will for you. In Christ Jesus. What does God want for your life and my life today? What's his will that we can go through all life? God, what do you want me to do? Which way do you want me to turn? We ask all these questions. You know what God's will is? Give thanks in all circumstances. And why is this so huge? Do you know what giving thanks does? Giving thanks moves us away from the endless pursuit of more into the conscious thankfulness and praise for what we already have. Do you know one of the reasons we can struggle to pursue more of God in our life or see more of God in our life, we wonder, God, where are you? Is because sometimes we are so focused on more and we're just bringing it, God, I want more. This is what I need. This is what I need here. This is what I need there. I want more. I need this. I need, you know, I'm, we're coming to God with all that. I understand that impulse. But sometimes we're so focused on God and the more. Guess what? God's not in the more. God is right here and right now. God is always with us. The reason he can say give thanks in all circumstances is because in all circumstances, God is with us. And thankfulness is the pathway that opens our eyes to where he already is. See, we're talking about this idea of the pursuit of God. I think for so many of us today, God wants to say to you, I'm right here. And thankfulness is the door. Thankfulness is the pathway. Thankfulness is what will open your eyes to see the God who is not distant and out there, but who is right here and right now. You know, the, this idea of giving thanks in all circumstances 
Can you just imagine, I mean, just imagine this. Imagine what happens to the kind of people who are always looking and saying, God, where are you at work right here, right now? God, where have I seen your hand already at work in my life? Because when we focus on that, when we see him there, we begin to open ourselves up to just, wow. He's not out there somewhere. He's right here. He's right now. We begin to see the God who feels so distant sometimes becomes right up close. And we see he's already here. The bizarre thing about Thanksgiving, you know, the phrase here is it says, when to give thanks in all circumstances. All circumstances. We'd all prefer if it was just give thanks when something good happens. Because <laughs> that's, that's, you know, kind of when we you normally would say thank you. Oh, if something good happened, like, we say thank you. But God's will is that in all circumstances, we could begin to give thanks because when we do that, we see he is always there. You know, one of my uh, mentors, one of my great mentors in life is a guy named Graham Johnston. He was pastor of Subiaca Church when I first moved over here in 2004. I spent five years learning from him, learned a lifetime in five years from the guy. And, and about five years of Knowing him, 2010, he was diagnosed with mesothelioma. He was about 50 years old, just over. 14-year-old son, young guy, mesothelioma. They gave him six months to live. They were incredibly accurate. And watching him take that journey, I can remember, you know, there's so many things I learned from him, but one of the greatest things I learned was here in the midst of one of the hardest journeys and all that that took, I remember him saying, and we, you know, I'd ask him, people asking me, you know, how, how do you journey this? How do you go through something like that? He said, you know, I so often, I sing this song. It's just a little hymn I knew from the time I was a kid. I'd never heard it, but he sang it. I will, thankfully, not sing it to you today. But I've never forgotten the words. He said, I just sing this song. Thank you, Lord, for saving my soul. Thank you, Lord, for making me whole. Thank you, Lord, for your gift to me. Your great salvation, so rich, so free. And the reason I share that with you today is because it always just reminded me, no matter what you face, here's the thing. Adversity in life, that is not optional. So if you're here today and you say, I can't give thanks in my circumstances. Adversity in life, not optional. We don't get a choice on that. Everybody's reign and everybody's adversity looks a little bit different. And some people, for whatever reason, seem to have more than others. What is optional, the choice, is can we give thanks? And the simple reality is when we choose. I, I remember watching him journey that and to see him go through uh, something that in so many ways takes all the strength your body has and more or less destroys it. And yet he went stronger and stronger because he gave thanks because there was one thing that nothing, no circumstance could take. His knowledge of who God is. The richness of this gift of salvation. How, how in the year 2021 in so many ways, as followers of Jesus, who also get privileged enough, beyond that, we got all, all the icing you could ask for on the cake. Such a prosperous unbelievable time to be alive. 
how much more should we be the people who go through life thankful? You know, I, I've been so amazed that there's some people right here in our church going through extraordinarily difficult moments. And I've been amazed to watch at their strength and the thanksgiving they find in every moment. As someone who's been pretty privileged in so many ways to not have, you know, some of the difficulties I've witnessed in others' lives, I'm always amazed at what people are able to do to give thanks and those who give thanks in all circumstances, they seem to renew their strength. Their lives seem to prosper and grow, even in the most adverse of circumstances. I love that psychology itself, every study they can do will tell you that this idea of giving thanks will only take you from strength to strength in life. And to ignore it or to pursue the endless pursuit of more, it only weakens. You know, to be a people who are going to pursue more of God in our lives, there is perhaps no greater habit and discipline that we must grab hold of than to be people who give thanks. Imagine every day beginning, because here's, the thing it does is when we start to look and be thankful, we start to see God's fingerprints right where we are. We start to realize he's not out there and the more we're waiting for, he's right here, he's right now. You know, my, our, our church, we're going to continue this week in our 21-day devotional. This week, we're going to focus uniquely on being people who give thanks. Every day, you know, just leaning into how do we be people whose thanks to God and, and praise to God. You know, Psalm 100 says, you enter his courts with thanksgiving in your heart. And praise on your lips. You want to go into the presence of God? Come with thanksgiving. And you will see more of God. Because I guarantee you, he is already there. Wherever you are at, he is there. So give thanks in all circumstances. You know, I want to pray for our church. I want to pray this week if you're kind of with us on this journey. Or maybe this week. And if you haven't been, you just, this week dive in. This is a great week to dive in. Last week focused on confession. It's like you missed the hardest part of class. So yeah, it's a great week to dive in. The great thing is, is as we journey this way, we're journeying closer and closer. We're going deeper and deeper into the heart of God. So I want to pray for you. Would you stand with me? Right where in the, in the city, if you're at home watching online, Molu, let's, I want to pray. And here's what I want to encourage you to do right where you are. Just to begin to in the quiet of your own heart, just start to thank God. Thank him for whatever you can thank him for today. Like I said, sometimes if you got to just lean down on the only thing you can thank him for is his free gift of salvation in your life. Just thank him for that. You start where you have to. There may be other things that come right to your mind. Just begin to cultivate a heart of thanksgiving. And so I want to encourage, we're just going to take a few moments to just in the quiet of your own heart, start to give thanks to God. If it helps you, you can kind of open your hands as a way of recognizing, God, it's all yours. I'm going to pray for all of us in just a few moments, but I want to just create this space wherever you are, whatever location where you're standing, just in the quiet of your own heart. Start to give him thanks. It's the, it's the most beautiful, joyful, freeing thing we can do. It's what leads us into his presence. He's right there. Give him thanks.
Our Heavenly Father, this morning we give you thanks. God, we have so much to be thankful for. And we're so grateful that we can give thanks to you. That you are not a far off God. You've drawn near in Jesus. You've given us your Holy Spirit. You've given us salvation. You've given us hope. And God, today I pray that your Holy Spirit might indwell us more and more in such a way that thanks and praise begin to rise up in increasing measure in our hearts. Lord, where we struggle to have eyes that can see where you're at work, I pray that you would enable people to begin to see your presence with them. God, where we sometimes are so on the pursuit of more that we miss all that you have given us now. I pray that our thankful hearts would set us apart in this world. We would not get caught up and swept up into every temptation for more and more and more. That as your people, as the children of light, we would live lives of thanksgiving and praise to you. God, I thank you that when we live this way, there is great fruit that is born in our lives. And so I pray you'd release more and more of that strength of life and character and joy, that rejoicing spirit that comes with thanksgiving. Would you release it more and more in your people? Thank you, Lord. Thank you for who you are. Thank you for your grace. Thank you for your mercy. Thank you for your presence with us. It's our joy to give you our thanks and our praise. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Can we give God an offer of praise and thanks? Just a clap wherever you're at watching right now, just as a way of saying, God, thank you. Thank you for who you are.